Welcome to The Influential Parent. We are your hosts, Amanda Blake and Nikki Porter. This podcast provides both a parent and educator perspective and the facts in order to help parents become informed about all things tech, whether it is social media, apps, or the websites that our children have access to. This podcast will hopefully help you navigate the ever-changing technology journey with your children. Nikki, how have you been? I've been good. 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 Yeah, how about you? Pretty good. Lots of excitement in the educational technology world lately, so a lot to keep us busy. Yes, it has been. Lots in the news, lots of things going on today, or recently. And so... You know, speaking of that, there is a lot going on and there's a lot of excitement and there's a lot of possibilities that we're seeing, but unfortunately we're seeing some negative things kind of highlighted in the news lately. And this is normally the point in our podcast where we tell our listeners a little quip or a little story, but we have something kind of more serious to talk about today. And we just felt that opening up with a silly story about our childhood or something maybe wasn't the right way to introduce today's topic. Yeah. And, and what we're talking about is how social media right now is really impacting the mental health of our teenagers and our preteens that are on these social media sites. And so because of the amount of news that it's getting, I recently read a written testimony by Mitch Princeton. He's a chief science officer with the American Psychological Association, which is the nation's largest scientific and professional nonprofit organization, which represents the discipline and profession of psychology. And so he first begins with some statistics. Okay. Depression rates for teens have doubled between 2009 and 2019. Yikes. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for U.S. youth, up to 4% since 2020. Wow. And the last one he mentions in this paper is that one in five teens consider suicide or did consider suicide during the pandemic, and then eating disorder emergency room admissions for our girls between the ages of 12 to 17 doubled since 2019. Since 2019. Since 2019, so during that pandemic. Wow. So, yeah, so this paper was actually presented to the U.S. Senate Committee on the Judiciary because on December 21st of last year, Mm -hmm. the U.S. Surgeon General issued an advisory calling for a unified national response to the mental health challenges that our young people are facing. Mm -hmm. And he shares some reasons why youth are experiencing this crisis today, but one that stuck out to me was the research they've been conducting on teens' engagement with the social media and some other online platforms. He does provide some possible benefits to social media, but also those possible adverse side effects that that social media use on adolescent development. Ultimately, he wants new legislation and regulations that increase research funding and provides education on how children can use these online platforms without experiencing the most harmful impacts. Legislation then creates a requirement that social media companies protects the well-being of child users. And that legislation that prohibits that problematic business practices, prevents companies from tricking and manipulating the users, which we've seen. Mm -hmm. And so 
we're going to add this link to the paper in our description. So if you're interested in reading more, but what really caught my attention and it sparked a need to have some of these conversations on our podcast for our parents, because this is real, it is yeah. happening, and it's becoming worse. And so one of the things that I really thought about was, how much are we teaching our children about social media use mm-hmm. as a parent? And then, because is it happening in education? And where is that? I mean, can we, in a sense? I mean, I think yeah. that it's just, it's so new, and it's just, we're not keeping up almost, which is, it's scary, so... Right. And it's one of those things, too, where you can't necessarily see it as it's happening and the those negative effects from it, things like teens sort of slipping into these dangerous situations, like with eating disorders or suicidal thoughts. That happens over time. And we know that you know, it's easier to fix something if we see an instant result. Oh, this happened and this happened and and I can go back and fix it. But a lot of this is inter so much of this is internal mm-hmm. and it's happening over time with children that it's really hard to handle. Yeah. So and going back to some of the things we talked about in our previous episodes, like back in our second episode, we talked about setting guidelines around media and that episode is linked in our description as well. And we talked about how having family media plans is a great way to develop rules or guidelines for using devices. And we were pretty general in that episode. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of that is because it is a big topic. And part of it is we've grown as educators and researchers throughout this podcast. And so we've learned that there's so much more to it. So Today, we're really going to focus on the social media part of those family agreements about guidelines. Mm -hmm. So then we can set them. I mean, you know, we use social media as adults Mm -hmm. and, you know, sometimes we get mixed in or, you know, we didn't think about what we posted at the, at at the moment. And so, you know, we, we definitely are still on a learning journey ourselves, but where can we start with our kiddos? Yep. We have advocated since our first podcast, parents need to have conversations with their children when it comes to devices. And this can actually start before they even get a phone. Parents can show their kids what they are doing on the phone, how they are using social media, and maybe even what their friends or family are posting and start to have conversations around that. Absolutely. I know before my children had their first phone, we would be on Facebook page. It was a way for me to connect with family in another state, Mm -hmm. you know, so they'd be able to say, oh, look at what your cousin so-and-so is doing. And they'd be able to see what people are posting. And I, you know, if I was playing a game, my daughter would sit next to me and we'd be playing together. As I was getting into TikTok, my daughter was showing her interest and she and I would have fun watching videos on my account. And But through the process, I could teach them and establish some of those basic rules and guidelines so then they are more prepared to use social media, both safely and responsibly. Mm -hmm. Now, Amanda, I actually went on Common Sense Media because that's a great website for both educators, but they have so many resources for families. And I wanted to see if they had some ideas for parents on setting these guidelines. 
And so I thought today we could share with our listeners these guidelines. What was interesting is they don't have guidelines for children under the age of 13. Huh. Well, because the platforms that they discuss Mm -hmm. have that minimum age of 13. However, there are some apps that are okay, like Facebook Messenger for Kids, that my daughter started using Mm -hmm. so then she could practice what's responsible and appropriate to be Mm -hmm. posting in that. And it was helpful because that was connected to my account. So I had access as she was practicing the guidelines that we had talked about. So um, if we want to start with our middle school guidelines. Yeah. And... If for parents who want to go in and look, they they are organized by grade level, so middle school and then high school. So, yeah, let's let's dive in with middle schoolers and some basic guidelines or social media rules that they suggest families have. Their guideline number one for middle schoolers is follow the rules, <laughs> and you you mentioned this just a moment ago how. Most social media sites have a minimum age of 13, and one of the best things that you can do is follow that rule. Yes. There's a reason why they have that limit, because they're going to be exposed to maybe some inappropriate content or just the content that's not suitable. And so, and it does happen. Both of my kids have come to me about it, and we do have a conversation around what they have seen, and I can understand what they're feeling, how the content made them feel. And we could either eliminate the content from their page or just change some restrictions so that it wasn't Mm going to pop up. I know that I've heard of parents under the age of 13, they might be 11 or 12. They do have the ability to kind of change those restrictions so it's a little bit more appropriate and show the kids how to erase it or delete it. So that's guideline number one. Number two is tell your kids to think before they post. Hmm. You know, Mitch Princeton in that article wrote how this age group is really craving social attention and that reward. That's that's just their age. And it's not yet fully capable of them restraining themselves. And he had a quote in his paper that really stuck to me. They are all gas with no brakes. Mm-hmm. So they just keep going and going and they don't stop and think, oop, if I post this, what is going to happen? And so continually reminding our kids that everything that they post can be seen by a wide array of viewers. Think about like Facebook, your friends see it, but the friends of friends, like if they Mm -hmm. post on it and that. So people, it's not just the ones that you're close to or following. So can I tell you something I was reading? It was about sort of thinking into the future. It was really about making decisions and the way we make decisions. But in this book, they talked about the 10-10-10 rule. If you do this, what will happen 10 minutes from now? What will happen 10 days from now? And what will happen 10 weeks from now? And so I loved that because... It makes you think, okay, I want to hit post. And then you think in 10 minutes, someone might say something negative about that picture Mm -hmm. I posted of myself or myself doing that TikTok dance or whatever. And I thought, ask your kids, okay, in 10 minutes, if you go look at the comments, what are some things you might see and, and what are some things you might feel because of that? Guideline number three says to make sure that kids are setting their privacy settings. And this is a great reminder for everyone to check the default settings. 
Some social media sites default to public. So taking the time to read through the privacy settings, and it is tedious. Yeah. (laughs) But taking the time to read through those with your child can help them understand this important step. And you may have to explain some of the settings so they understand why it is set this way. And what it means. And what it means. I mean, I think about a 13-year-old might not understand what does that mean to me. I Mm -hmm. mean, I think that just those simple conversations about that. Guideline number four they listed was kindness counts. Mm. A lot of these sites tend to be anonymous. People can do a whole lot more when they're behind a screen Mm -hmm. than they would in person. And so having that conversation, if you were in person, what would you say? Right. It's probably going to be very different from Mm -hmm. what you would post in that because, yeah, it's just something to think about. Yeah. Kindness does count. Yeah. All right, Nikki. So those were some middle school examples. And I'm trying to think there are some middle schoolers who technically should not be on social media because that's 13. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say sixth grade or 11 year olds. Yeah. And so it's that upper side of middle school. Yeah. So as we move into the high schoolers, we tend to think of high schoolers as like these big kids. They know everything and they certainly think that they know everything. But these are 15-year-olds, so they need help, too. They need help navigating this space. And just like any other thing with a teenager, they're, they don't think they need help. Oh, no. <laughs> but they do. But yes, they do need help. They do. And I think even though we talked that those were what they suggested for middle schoolers, I think that these are still points that if your high schooler mm-hmm. is just getting to social media, you need to make those a part of that conversation as they're getting onto social media. Those are all good practices. Yes. And as we would say in education, if a child missed a lesson, so let's say they the child didn't get the, their phone until they were 15, you might have to backtrack and teach yeah. some lessons that they missed yeah. you know, before you can teach them calculus, for example. Yeah. You do have to do some of that background work to, to catch them up. Yep. Yep. So, so, so let's talk about some of the guidelines that Common Sense Media suggests for high schoolers. Yeah, so the first one, anything that's on social media can be made public. Hmm. So, and we kind of touched on that with the middle schoolers. Yeah. You know, that you've got friends of friends that can Mm -hmm. end up seeing it. I've heard lots of people that can just take a quick screenshot of it and share it in all kinds of different formats. So say you posted it on Twitter Well, it can be on different social medias or shared on the phone, shared through email. And so it is important that what they're posting really represents who they are because more and more colleges and businesses go into the social media accounts just to see. And I've even heard that they hire companies to go and do some digging just to see what type of person is this Mm -hmm. so then they because that's that's your character that's really showing who you are so it's really getting to the students our kids to understand that it even if you send it in a text yeah it, it could be public it could be and we all know and and I think I would say even high schoolers know this 
Kids love drama. Well, and adults love drama too. <laughs> Who am I kidding? And so make sure that when you are communicating with people, it's people that you trust. Yeah. And so for these high schoolers, if they're really engaging with people who thrive on that drama, you really would have to be careful with something you sent, even over a private message, because it's all about the likes and it's all about the attention. Oh, and yeah. if someone knows that they can screenshot and repost something that you sent them and that they're going to get attention from it. So, and you touched on this, but the second guideline that Common Sense Media offers for the high school group is that online posts can be cut, altered, pasted, and sent around. Yeah. And that's what you just said. You know, a, a private message can be screenshotted and then posted in a very public space. And they're tech savvy. Like they said, it can be altered. Like they yes. can they can change it and make it worse or mm-hmm. and better. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I mean, we're not going to say that it's always bad. Right. But the idea is that they can take that same picture, add some components to it, and they can. They can. Uh, they can change. They can modify. They're good at this way better than I am. Mm-hmm. I learned from my own kids how to do things. And so, but I think that it's important to, as you said, you got to know the person that you're sending it to and trust that they're not going to yeah, do anything and, further. And, and we won't necessarily go off on this tangent now, but with some of the new advances in AI that have happened so quickly, I mean, you really can take something so out of context and the kids don't even have to create it anymore. They can ask some sort of AI creator yeah. program to do it. And yeah. And we're not trying to scare, oh, I'm never going to send a text again. I'm never going to send a, a picture of myself. Here in our district, prom is coming up. And take the pictures and, and text it to your mom or your trusted friends and things yeah. like that. But having this awareness is is a really important first step. Yeah. The next one they talked about, you already kind of mentioned that avoiding drama and hurting others Uh, You get so caught in the emotions, and as Mitch had talked about, they're all gas and no brakes. When they are caught in that moment of that feeling, that anger, that sadness, whatever, and Mm -hmm. not saying that they want to get other people to feel the same that they are at that moment, they're just not thinking clearly. Mm -hmm. And so you said the 10-10-10 rule is great when it comes to that. In 10 minutes, how am I going to feel about this? In 10 days in Mm -hmm. 10 weeks Uh, because again it's showing your character Mm -hmm. and um, and this is the moment where hopefully you have a relationship with your child that you can actually have that conversation before they post it that you can get to them because we've talked about the warning signs or the things that we need to think about and we'll touch on that towards the end here in just a few minutes but I think that it's important that we stress to them we know that you're going to have that strong urge, that strong yeah. feeling. What can we do if you're mm-hmm. feeling that so you're not going to bring in that drama? Exactly. Another guideline that came up on the Common Sense Media list, and I was kind of surprised that it came up in terms of high schoolers, but it was don't post your location. When I saw that, I thought, you know, oh, that's something we would tell young kids. Don't post your location. But when it comes to teenagers, 
the same dangers are present. And like I said a minute ago, we think of these high schoolers as, oh, you know, these big kids who are almost ready to take on the world, but they're 15 and 16. And when you think about it in terms of a 15-year-old posting their location for many other people to see, that that's a real danger. Yeah. Think about that with my child who has Snapchat and that's how I see his location, mm -hmm. but so does everybody else. Mm -hmm. And that's not safe. And so Life360 allows you to have a private group and it's mm -hmm. not out there because it is just like for us, we shouldn't have our locations necessarily on. I mean, when we're out and about, especially if we're on vacation, somebody checks, it's like, mm -hmm. ooh, they're not home. Because most people now know, do not post pictures of a vacation while you're on vacation. Right. That's a red flag. No, yep. don't do that. If you have been, take our advice. <laughs> it just creates potential issues. Yeah. And so... But it's that same, that location, even for adults. Is it really something that we need to have on? Yeah. That you want to be broadcasting to to who knows who. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The last one is, and I think that this actually goes for any person, is watching the clock. Ugh. Yes. A lot of time can be spent on social media. And I think right now you hear a lot of those TikTokers that just keep going and going and going. And it's like two hours later, it's just like, I can't buy back that time. Right. That was two hours. They do have a, a built-in timer that you can set for yourself, which is great. But I know for for us at home, they can't go onto it until their homework is done or until the mm -hmm. chores are done because they can get so caught up in it and they lose track of time. Every morning I have the conversation with my daughter who is not dressed yet and we're leaving in 15 minutes and she's on watching YouTube shorts and I'm just Ugh. like, okay, turn off the phone. And so we've had to make it a rule. You cannot get on YouTube shorts until you are dressed, you brushed your teeth, your shoes and socks are on, like everything <laughs> because she's just, she's getting it. She gets her socks. Yeah. And then she's watching TV again. And then five minutes later, I check on, You're, you don't have your socks on still. Right. <laughs> so watch the clock and build those guidelines in like I had exactly. to in the morning. Mm -hmm. So Can you come to my house and remind <laughs> me to, to put my socks on before I, you know, before I look at the news or you start getting into that, yeah. that cycle? But I think it's important to help our teenagers watch the clock and monitor yeah. themselves. It might be something that we have to do as a family. Mm -hmm. Like, all right, mom, dad, we're not good with it. So let's all watch the clock, you yes. know, set these guidelines and that and help each other because it is building a new habit of not getting up and watching TikTok for two hours before I start my day even. Right. And then those other things can fall by the wayside. Maybe a hobby that the that your child has, maybe it's a sport that they, maybe they're in a sport and they're supposed to do some sort of practice at home. Once it gets dark out, they're going to lose that time. And, and it can really start to impact other areas and really healthy areas. Yeah. So if your child is really into woodworking, let's say, or building with Legos, that is a great experience for them to have. 
And you might have to do some work to help them transition from, all right, it's time to put the phone down. Hey, let's get those Legos out or whatever sort of project you were working on out. Because otherwise that time, it just goes by and then days and weeks have gone by and you can start to lose that that excitement for a new hobby. You know, and I was reading because we're preparing, Amanda and I are doing a parent night for the district that we work for and we're talking about family agreements, family media plans and it actually is suggested to create like a, a grab bag. And so you put in like... Let's play Legos. Let's play Uno. Let's go play basketball. Let's go for a walk. There, even put in do chores, <laughs> help around the house, go vacuum. Oh, okay. I, I think that they probably put that little sheet of paper back in yeah. and say, "Can I try again? Best out of three. But yeah. the idea is that you put in what things that they love to do or mm-hmm. enjoy, or like you said, getting a new hobby or picking back up a hobby that they mm-hmm. might have lost in the last couple of years. When it's that time, it's just like, hey, let's go into the grab bag and let's find something. I love that idea. Yeah, Yeah, I I did too. So I think that we shared some great guidelines when the kids are going to go start using social Mm -hmm. media. And I think that it's a, a good foundation. But Amanda, I think the most important part that we have to... To kind of sum this up still, you know, yeah. we talked we started this conversation with this paper going to the US Senate because mm-hmm. there's been research showing that there is a connection between social media use in our teens and that there's some negative impacts. And so yeah. even though I think that this is a good foundation, I think that they still have to have conversations. We talked about some signs in episodes 14 and 15. But I think that we need to to recognize how our kids are feeling when or how they're looking, not really feeling. It's how they're looking when they're on social media. Yes, I agree. And we've talked too about these family tech agreements and rules at your house or or boundaries. No device at the dinner table. No devices in the bedroom or things like that. And These just kind of get beyond that surface level of physical, you know, your device is not at the table or your device is not in your bedroom. And this kind of goes to the next level. These are the things you can't necessarily see. You know, if your child is breaking a family tech agreement rule, like they have their phone in the bedroom 30 minutes before sleep time, you can see that. Yeah. These are things that you can't see your child doing necessarily. And so how to move beyond the, what we would say in education, you know, the concrete examples and start talking about more of the abstract. Yeah. And I, some of those signs, I think that you're saying, cause mm-hmm. you can't really see it is, you know, that maybe they used to be quite energetic or maybe they used to be mm-hmm. out socializing and all of a sudden they've kind of retracted a little right. more so than they have. So that's something to, to kind of watch out for the sadness Those are all some of those warning signs that grades, I think Mm -hmm. that if grades are slipping, if they're not involved with the sport anymore, that they've had this passion for how many years. And so those are all things that at least it's a cue for us to say, what's going on? Mm -hmm. What's happening? Talk to me. A good rule of thumb, parents 
follow your kids on social media to yep. see what they're posting. And I would even say, hey, what have you seen on TikTok lately? Or what have you mm-hmm. been seeing? What What's trending? Just to be able to, to keep that conversation going so then you're aware of what is happening on their phone. They talk about that, and we've talked about too, that it's our phone. It's their privilege to have a phone. We're paying for it. So it's something to think about and consider as you're setting up, if you have that family agreement already and you're adding in the social media component, maybe you don't have a family agreement, but you really want to think through something like a family agreement when it comes to social media. Exactly. Well, Nikki, this has been really interesting. I'm glad you brought this paper to my attention. And I have to keep reminding myself, you said things in the beginning like it's it's up 4% or depression rates have doubled. And in my mind, I think, okay, that's up 4%. But in the United States, how many hundreds of thousands of kids is that? And so we see these numbers and it is making a huge impact. When we think about the word doubling, something has doubled, you know, we say, okay, well, how many was it before? If it was 7,000 before, and I'm making that up, that's 14,000 girls now that, you know, are, are being affected by this. So we always want to think that these things are happening to someone else. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, and especially through social media, everyone has access to this now. Yeah. And it's up to us as parents and educators to help children understand how to use that access and how to maybe not use that access yeah. and just how to sort of figure out what they're looking at and then also what they're putting out there. You make a great point, too. I think that there is room for a conversation of why do you want the social media platform? Mm-hmm. What what do you hope to gain from it? Mm-hmm. What do you, I know that there's friends. Common Sense Media suggests not to take a phone away as a punishment right. uh, because it really takes away their line of, of communication with their friends. And so they talk about that. But I think that even before going through guidelines, they come and ask, hey, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, can I get... TikTok, why do you want TikTok? Right. What do you know about TikTok? I think is an important part that is it was not on the, the right. guidelines, but I think it's still important because why? And and we used to do this. I remember I had a student who she wanted a bearded dragon as a pet when I had her as a fourth grade student. And her parents said, if you can convince us. And she made a Google Slides presentation. She had to research bearded dragons. She came up with a, her, her care plan for this bearded dragon. She came up with how she was going to help pay for the food and the things that went in the terrarium. And I just thought of that when you said, you know, why do you want TikTok? I would go back to those, those old days of saying, okay, convince me why we should get a family pet. Yeah. Okay, convince me why you should be allowed to go on TikTok because you do want them thinking more deeply than because my friends have it. Yeah. And I think that's what we hear a lot of. Well, so-and-so mm-hmm. has it and so-and-so mm-hmm. has it. 
Let's end with this because I think that you had mentioned just this week when we got back from spring break Mm -hmm. that you were watching the Today Show and there was a a particular actress on there talking about that her kids do not have social media accounts and they're all teenagers and they're a variety of ages. And so kind of tell our listeners about that and and her approach, which aligns with your story just now. Mm -hmm. So it was Jennifer Gardner, who is just, this super cute actress, right? So she was on and the host, Savannah, asked her, your kids don't have social media. How have you managed this? Like, do they just hate you because they're not allowed on social media? And she said, it's not that they're not allowed. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm trying to remember and paraphrase. So she said, it's not that they're not allowed. I just told them if they want it, they have to show me the research. And so she explained how she has shown them how social media is not proven to be healthy for younger teenagers. She showed them all the research and the data. And she said, if you can show me the data that says it's good for young teens to be on social media, then you can do it. And it got me thinking. And and so they said, well, have they come to you with the research? Have they come to you with the data? And she says, you know, amazingly, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was, that's an interesting approach to it, mm-hmm. that they have to go and put some work into it to say, right. okay, this is why it's good. So I really liked her approach, and I thought, huh, I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? There's going to be a new platform. There is. There's going to be a new app. There's going to be a new a new and shiny something. And yeah. so when your tween hears about that new thing and she wants it, maybe you can say, okay, well, tell me why. Tell me why it's good for you. Or, or here's the data that says it's not so good. Find where it says it's beneficial to you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. Please hit the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. We invite you to join us in the conversation using the hashtag TheInfluentialParent on Twitter and tell us how the conversations are going. Tag me, Amanda, using at StoryOfABlake. And I'm Nikki, at Nicole M. Porter. And that's Nicole with an H. You can also follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Pinterest. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and share the podcast with family and friends.